This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Okay, saying good morning to Brock Richardson. Brock, I like that you uh, pulled a trump card on the wife and said, no, 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 we're watching football on Sunday. Well done by you. Yeah. Well, she, well, it's funny. She canceled the uh, travel to the reunion, and then I was like, so that means football. That's what that means. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, dear. I had a few people over yesterday who did not care about football, but I got them very into the Dolphins and Chargers game, so I was happy about that. Yeah, I couldn't get that one in my region, which I was oh, very sad. Oh, about. TSN messed up big time on that one. But uh, I don't know if I'm going to trash our overlords at Bell uh, today, but they messed up big time. The only easily accessible game in the 4 o'clock window was the Bears and Packers game, which was just like an mm-hmm. awful game. Uh, okay, Brock, yeah. I've got you loud and clear. Uh, Mike Ross, just in case something goes haywire, you are on standby here, and I will pick your brain about the Buffalo Bills. Sounds good. Did you make soup yesterday, Mike? I'm making it today. Oh, oh great, because of course today's game day. That's right. Yeah, because I, I saw you posted about the wasps yesterday, and I was like, that's not soup. No, it's not. I could have made <laughs> soup with the number of wasps I caught, but no. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a purple cauliflower soup. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. Mike Ross knows if I, if the mar If our farmer's market has purple cauliflower when I go there today. Uh, so that's bougie. the caveat. So but I really would love it. I would love it if they had it. <laughs> Well, Mike, I got you loud and clear. I always know I can fill time with you talking about soup. All right, guys, we're about to, we're coming back here. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown coming to you on AMI-tv. I'm Dave Brown. It's Monday, September the 11th, 2023. Coming up up in the second hour of the show. The CNIB is selling Braille Lego sets. Stephen Scott will put the pieces together for you. And there were some great Canadian comedy albums put out last year that were nominated for Juno Awards. Nick Thielen will offer up some reviews. Should be a, a nice laugh with Nick to wrap up the show today. But the hour begins with the regional news updates. BC Premier David Eby will meet with residents and members of the Provincial Wildfire Service at the Kamloops Fire Centre today. Eby and Emergency Management Minister Bowen Ma want a first-hand understanding of what residents have gone through in the last month. BC Hydro crews are still working to repair more than 400 power poles and other infrastructure damaged by the flames, including 27 kilometres of power lines and dozens of pieces of equipment. Over to the prairies, Alberta Health Services says the number of E. coli causes from an outbreak linked to Calgary daycares has grown to 190. Premier Danielle Smith has asked several ministers to do a full assessment of the situation. Alberta Health Services says there are 27 patients receiving care in hospital. Investigators with the health agency believe it's highly likely food from a central kitchen is the source of the outbreak. Over to Ontario, the trial of a man accused of killing four people in London continues today. Rob Westgate has more. 
Nathaniel Veltman is accused of deliberately hitting members of the Afzal family with his truck while they were out for a walk in London, Ontario on the evening of June 6, 2021. He has pleaded not guilty to four counts of first-degree murder and one count of attempted murder in what prosecutors allege was an act of terrorism. Superior Court Justice Renee Pomerantz ruled last year that a change of venue was warranted in this case, moving the trial from London to Windsor. The reasons for that decision, as well as the evidence and arguments presented in court on the matter, cannot be disclosed due to a publication ban. Rob Westgate, The Canadian Press. And over to the Atlantic region, City of St. John, New Brunswick employees have given the city notice of its intention to strike. Union Local 486 has given the city until midnight to return to bargaining. Union representatives say 94% of the membership voted in favor of a strike in a dispute that is largely over wages. Local, Local 486 represents just under 140 workers in departments that include emergency dispatch, court services, recreation, bylaw enforcement, and financial services. That's your look at the regional news. Here comes Brock Richardson with a sports chat. Brock, it was not a gold medal for Canada at the FIBA Basketball World Cup, but it was a thriller of a bronze medal game, beating the U.S. in overtime and taking home some bronze for the Canadian men. Yes, indeed. Final score was 127-118. That looks like a NBA basketball score because, well, there was more NBA players than not on the uh, rosters for these two teams. A couple of takeaways here, Dave, for you. Uh, first of all, uh, Dylan Brooks scoring 39 points, which is the most scored by a Canadian in one game in FIBA basketball. Secondly, he was the best defensive player of the tournament, according to FIBA. Uh, then we are uh, my other Brock, two takeaways. Pause, pause, pause for pause. me for a second there. Yeah. Dylan Brooks was treated horrendously in mass media during the NBA playoffs this year. He went right at LeBron James in that LA Lakers Memphis Grizzlies series. Admittedly, it lit a fire under the goat and LeBron went off the rest of the series and Dylan Brooks really struggled. That said, this guy has a chip on his shoulder. Memphis said, bye-bye, goodbye, good luck. You're out of here. You're no longer part of your team. You're the problem, not John Morant, who keeps posting pictures of himself with guns on social media. No, 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 Dylan Brooks. You're the problem. Your attitude, your swagger, get out of here. He just signed a four-year, $80 million contract with the Houston Rockets. He is going to be a chip-on-his-shoulder kind of player for that young and emerging team. Dylan Brooks got done so dirty by basketball media during the playoffs. I cannot wait for him to keep sticking it down people's throats. Continue, Brock. Yes. No, absolutely. I should have paused for you there sooner. I apologize. And I totally agree with what you just said. Dylan Brooks... Way to stick it to everybody and just say, yeah, you didn't think I was any good? Well, here it is for you. Uh, Two resilient takeaways for you. The first one is, first of all, to be able to pick yourself up and be able to play for the bronze medal after a tough loss against Serbia, credit to them. And I I know there's people out there that are going to say, well, yeah, it's not hard to get up for a game against the United States. Sure, I hear that. But it is hard to... When your second goal was to play for the gold medal and you didn't get there and to be able to pick yourself up off the mat and play really well and get out to what was like a 9 nothing lead in the first quarter, that's pretty impressive. The 
Second takeaway in this is that they really misdefended the final free throw uh, for the United States in the final few seconds of this game. Everybody in the room knew that the United States was going to miss the second shot. All you had to do was box out. They did not do that. And then U.S. scored a three-point to tie the game. Then they came out in the overtime and said, no, no, we're going to take this over and we're going to do our thing. So credit to Canada for having two points of resiliency in that bronze medal game. It was a thrilling game. It was a totally thrilling game. Completely exciting. It overshadowed the gold medal game completely. Maybe that's me showing a regional bias because Canada-USA is a little different than Germany and Serbia. But when you think about star power on the floor... Canada-USA had tons of it. Germany-Serbia did not. And Brock, you mentioned that final score. So many games in this tournament where both teams held under 100 points. It was a laser light show in that game yesterday. Top-tier stuff in the bronze medal game at the FIBA World Cup. Brock, once that was in the books, a little nap. And then NFL Week 1 got underway. Let's get some reactions here. Six one-score games over the course of the day. You took in a couple interesting games. One was Pittsburgh versus San Francisco. The final score, not interesting at all, with San Fran absolutely blowing out Pittsburgh. I think what was interesting, though, was the pure dominance of the 49ers. Yes, they uh, dominated in every way you could think of, and this was exactly the start that the uh, 49ers would have wanted from Brock Purdy and uh, not exactly the start that the Pittsburgh Steelers would have wanted with their quarterback, Kenny Pickett, coming off of a great preseason for whatever that's mm-hmm, worth mm-hmm. In, the, in the NFL. And I put that as a caveat because who really knows what preseason is? But yeah, that that's sort of my first takeaway. Pittsburgh was nowhere to be found in that game. They... The 49ers just had Pittsburgh for lunch totally and just were dominating from the start to the finish. That's my reaction to that yeah, first game that I, I took I, in. I, you know, if I'm Pittsburgh, I'm not worried too, too much. In fact, I told you going into, into this game, Brock, that San Fran was going to have their way with the Steelers. So I'm not totally surprised by the result uh, in the sense of Pittsburgh struggling against San Francisco. But I did not expect San Fran to be that dominant. But I do think that's more of a testament to where San Fran's at rather than when Pitts, where Pittsburgh's at. Let's see a few more games for Pittsburgh against other teams in the conference a little closer to their level. And uh, we'll see where they find themselves. Okay. Then a great injustice occurred in the later part of the afternoon with Canadian cable carriers. The featured game that was put on Canadian cable was Green Bay Packers versus the Chicago Bears. A game that ended, what, 38-20? I guess there were some points on the board. You got to see Jordan Love, the new quarterback for Green Bay, and you got to see if Justin Fields, the quarterback for Chicago, was taking a step forward. But, Brock, that was not the interesting game at 4 o'clock yesterday. The marquee game was the Miami Dolphins and the L.A. Chargers, and I'm not simply saying that as a Dolphins fan. I had people who did not care about football in my house who got totally sucked into that game because of how good it was. What an injustice putting Green Bay and Chicago on Canadian cable yesterday. Bad move, TSN. Poorly done. Yeah, I was very sad. And and like with my extended package that I get, I get some of the extra regional games. I don't have NFL Sunday ticket yet, but after this weekend, I think I'm going to be getting it because it just totally injustice (laughs) to what they put on. 
the cost of the NFL Sunday ticket, though, is a bit yeah, much. It ain't, it ain't, yeah, it ain't, it ain't cheap, boss. As uh, someone no, who is a DAZN subscriber, totally legal, DAZN totally legal, you buy it in Canada, it's good stuff. Uh, where you get the Sunday ticket package, it ain't cheap. No, it's, it's not cheap at all. But I will say, uh, on the Green Bay uh, Chicago game, Jordan Love, listen, this guy is a guy who watch out for him. I mean, I was very impressed. Yes, Chicago didn't really give much pushback. And when they did, Green Bay just kind of said, yeah, we're just going to take it over. Jordan Love really has taken over and just kind of doing what he does. Aaron Rodgers, of course, moved on to the New York Jets, which I'm going to find out how good that is tonight or not. Um, but it, it's good. And I, I love I love what we see from Jordan Love. And hopefully we see more because if, if that's the kind of game that Green Bay can consistently played then you're in for some good stuff green Bay. yeah still some question marks there whether that's a, a a a question of chicago being bad or green bay being good jordan love quarterback for the green bay packers drafted in 2020 in the first round only got his first start in the league uh well he's had a couple starts over the years due to covid and whatnot but really he's been given the ball this year after three years to cook and develop Green Bay does it totally different than anybody else. Brett Favre had bounced around the league for a bunch of years before he became Green Bay's starting quarterback in the 90s. Aaron Rodgers, as a first-round pick, sat behind Brett Favre for three or four years before he became a starter. They're doing the same thing with Jordan Love. Brock, four rookie quarterbacks started yesterday in their first game since being drafted, and here's Green Bay doing something totally different, and it paid dividends dividends yesterday I'm not all the way certain that it's going to pay dividends through the rest of the season but here's a team that is thinking differently and in football teams that think differently oftentimes succeed and sometimes in on both sides I mean Aaron Rodgers didn't like the the draft you know they didn't like the fact that they brought in his successor originally and and I mean Jordan Love's not gonna love necessarily sitting back and not playing, but this is all paying dividends. And when you can sort of eat off the spoon of a veteran, if you will, for a while and take it in in the right way and look at it positively, then that's a good thing. The one thing I'll say about Chicago Bears just very quickly is uh, Justin Fields. I see I see the potential. I really do. I just don't know that he has enough of the. Uh, the people around him to actually bring out his potential, but I do see it, but he needs to get going quicker before uh, Chicago decides we're not going to move forward with you. And maybe that's not this year. Maybe it's not next year, but eventually if he doesn't turn it around the way that they think he should, he'll probably move on eventually as well. Brock, I've got a few more football thoughts for you here. Three teams that I'm ranking as the most disappointing from week one, starting with the Seattle Seahawks going in to a game at home and losing to the L.A. Rams and not just losing to the L.A. Rams, getting blown out by the L.A. Rams. The L.A. Rams, without their star wide receiver Cooper Cup, without having had a first round draft pick for almost four years now, with backups everywhere, 2-2 Atwell, their top wide receiver, he's like five foot five and weighs 140 pounds. <laughs> That's not supposed to be a good football player. Brock, the hype around Seattle has been so high through the preseason after an awesome year last year and an incredible NFL draft and they just laid an egg at home yesterday 
awful, awful stuff. Number two, the Cincinnati Bengals losing 24-3 to the Cleveland Browns. It's not just that their star quarterback, Joe Burrow, did not play a single snap in the preseason due to a calf injury. This... I understand. I don't know if you've ever strained a calf, Brock. It's awful. It's the worst. It's awful, awful, awful. But Cincinnati barely played any of their starters in the preseason, and it showed yesterday. They were deeply unprepared to play the Cleveland Browns and embarrassed themselves on national TV. And speaking of embarrassing yourselves on national TV, the New York football giants, the Gigantes, 40-0 loss to the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. Goodness gracious, Brock, the New York Giants, that is a rough way to start the year. Yes, it is. To be blanked on national television when all the eyeballs that are still watching NFL football are on you and then just to lay probably two eggs in Ooh. that game is is just that's not pretty. In all not three cases in all three cases, those are teams who were projected or predicted to be playoff teams. And after yesterday, I don't know if any of them are gonna get that job done. Brock, you're a Buffalo Bills fan. Enjoy the game against the Jets tonight, Monday night football on TSN. Have a great day, Brock. I'll have some reaction, good, bad, or indifferent tomorrow morning. I will also have reaction uh, mostly good because football makes me so excited. I'm going to f- start throwing the lights around this studio. That's how excited I am. If you had any idea how much football I watched this weekend, you would think that perhaps an intervention needs to be held for me. From noon till midnight on Saturday, from 1 till 10 p.m. yesterday, I am full of carbohydrates. I am beyond bloated coming up after the break the cnib is selling lego braille sets stephen scott will put the pieces together for you this is now with dave brown on ami tv It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. You are never too old to play with Lego. The company is expanding their reach by making Braille play sets more available. Stephen Scott is going to put the pieces together for you. Stephen co-hosts Double Tap on AMI-audio. You can find that show daily at noon Eastern. Hey, good morning, Stephen. Good morning, Dave. How are you? Stephen, I am fantastic. Now, these Braille play sets, they're nothing new. They were originally released in educational settings. What's the response been like to these Braille Lego pieces? Well, it is interesting, right? So at first, there was delight because, oh, okay, this is interesting. They've managed to make Braille brick sets. And as you say, that was being sent out to educational establishments and that got lots of people excited. And then there was a little bit of, uh, really? Because they were only available to educational establishments. They were only really available and they were given out freely to those schools. And, uh, you know, in some cases, nurseries, uh, you know, preschool as well. And, you know, that, that actually angered a lot of blind people who said, look, we are, you know, some of us aren't exactly kids anymore, but we would still like to partake in a bit of Lego and actually, you know, there's something about having a set like this, which is probably going to be a one run. I mean, hopefully lots of people buy it and it becomes a more regular thing. But there's a 
high probability this is going to be something that is going to be a one-and-done run, and a lot of people want to get their hands on it. And Lego listened. They heard that, and they said, okay, let's do it. Let's bring it out. It took them two years because this first came out in 2019, but you know, here we are now. It's 2023. It's almost three years, actually, uh, since it was launched. And you know, here we are. We've finally got Braille bricks that you can buy and you can play with at home, no matter your age. So what's the process if somebody wants to get their hands on them in Canada? So in Canada, uh, CNIB is one place you can get them. You can also buy them direct off the Lego store as well. So if you have a Lego store nearby where you live, you can pop in and you can actually buy them in store. You can reserve them in store in some cases and you can pick them up. But CNIB will be selling them. And also, I think this is really important to note as well, uh, a fantastic partnership has been done between Be My Eyes, the, uh, the absolutely incredible app. Actually, every blind person in the world needs to have this app on their phone. Uh, it connects you with a sighted volunteer if you need assistance. Well, they also have this extendable uh, part of it called specialist support. And what specialist support does is puts you in touch with a number of different companies, but one now is Lego. Oh. So let's say you're trying to identify a piece of Lego, or maybe you've dropped one on the ground and can't find it. Oh, my it. gosh. <laughs> uh, you can get a Lego representative on the phone. I did actually say on one occasion uh, when I was talking about this, a Lego, you, you can get straight through to the Lego people, but that doesn't sound right. You know, it's not Lego people who answer the phone. <laughs> how, although, how cool would that be? You know, Stephen, if you drop a piece of Lego on the floor, it's a beyond guarantee you are going to step on it and experience an excruciating pain like you've never felt uh, in your entire <laughs> life previously. Stephen, I was so delighted that you brought this topic to the table today because I know that people adore Lego. And it actually prompted a daily poll, which folks can find at Accessible Media on Twitter, at Accessible Media Inc. on Facebook. And the question that I'm asking this morning is what's a childhood activity that you find yourself still doing as an adult, something you haven't given up? Is it Lego? Is it puzzles? Is it video games, dolls, action figures? Stephen, what is one of your childhood pursuits that you have not given up even as you become a grizzled, bitter adult? <laughs> well, you know me well. Uh, so <laughs> I, guess, I guess games, I, I, I'm still a bit of a board game lover. I mean, I must admit, one of my favorite games growing up when I had much more vision was Pictionary. That oh, was one yeah. of my favorites. Monopoly, I could not stand because there never seemed to be an end to Monopoly. What was the point of it? It never ended. Everyone ended up falling out. I mean, it was like real life, and I didn't like it. So, you know, there was that um, Trivial Pursuit. I was, I was into my board games. Uh, Cluedo, oh, that was another one. I loved Cluedo. Uh, you're taking me back now, Dave. But yeah, board games was my thing. And that was definitely, I mean, my wife and I will be known to play a game of drafts of an evening. So, you know, we're cultured people. Of course. Well, yes, we are. All of us are very cultured people. That's what makes us great broadcasters because we're so diverse in our interests. Uh, Stephen, speaking of diverse in our interests, you've got a smattering of other tech stories to talk about today. YouTube has a new app to help download accessible videos. So how does this YouTube downloader app work? So there's a lot of these apps out there. There's lots of websites where you can get content. A lot of blind people like to download the video content in audio only. Uh, now, we should be very clear that when you're downloading content from YouTube, we have to be careful around copyright. But, you know, where there's material which it might seem appropriate or be appropriate even for your own content to download it back onto your computer, uh, this is a great app. Now, this one in particular, and it is simply called Accessible YouTube, uh, it is a very simple app for Windows 
What that allows you to do is easily navigate using the keyboard, easily navigate around the YouTube site. It is not the site itself. It's an app, which is essentially another door entry into the YouTube world. You can search easily. You can, uh, you can download. You can even uh, watch content on playlists. You know, there's lots of ways you can enjoy it. You can also download that content in audio form, which, of course, for a lot of blind people is great. Uh, and, of course, you can pick a language that you want to download as well if it's available in multiple languages. But ultimately, what this app seeks to do is make the whole experience of using YouTube as a blind person a lot easier. Because I'll, I'll be honest with you, Dave, I find the website a little bit awkward at times. And I just wish I could more easily navigate all that yeah. wonderful content. I'm not, I'm not too fussed about downloading it, but I am keen on seeking out good content. And this is one way that I'll be able to do it. Yeah, I find the website versus the app to be so clunky. Even the app is pretty clunky, but the website, Stephen, is just beyond clunk city to try to get to YouTube. Yeah. It's it, anything to simplify that process and streamline. Maybe the programmers and developers should be thinking about that too. <laughs> Not just people developing uh, third-party apps. Well, it's interesting you say that because we were a little bit nervous about mentioning this app because as we know in the history of tech in the last year or so, uh, a lot of third-party apps are being shut down. So we don't, want, we don't want to highlight it too loudly because, you know, they might shut the thing down, but hopefully they won't because ultimately this particular app has been built for blind people. And that's not to say that Google might take a bit of a, a dim view on it. But, you know, I think there's a question mark around some of these applications. I mean, for example, one feature of this, which a lot of people will like, is that you don't get any ads when you watch the videos. Now, the downside oh, YouTube's for not, Google YouTube, is Google's not going to like that. Then, <laughs> well, exactly. That's, you're not going to get any of those ads. You, you can't use your premium account. And I think that's a mistake on the part of the third-party apps. Because if you can sign in and use your YouTube premium or whatever it is, then you know you're going to be able to access that content and pay for it rightly so, as you should be able to. You know, if you want to get without the ads, then so be it. Um, and I think that's that's really important to to know. Don't you know? These companies have got to think this through a little bit because that then they are at risk of being shut down, and that actually is a danger to all of us. Well, when uh, the copyright department comes knocking on your door, call Stephen Scott and his legal department. They'll, uh, they'll help you out a little bit. Stephen, let's uh, put ourselves in the good books of at least one tech company on our way out the door here. Apple's Wonderlust <laughs> event taking place this week. We know you're an Apple head. You love taking a bite out of the Apple. What's on your wish list heading into tomorrow's event? Um, so... Is this really bad to say that I'm kind of more excited about the Pixel Watch 2 coming up on the October 4th? Oh. I mean, I, 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 I am all... <laughs> we're bringing, we're, bring, we're, reeling, we're, reeling you, we're reeling you back in, Google. We, 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 we pointed some people in the wrong direction. You're coming back. We're bringing you back. We're bringing you back. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I have to say I, I am excited-ish about this event because ultimately what we're talking about here is a change of connector. That is really going to be the big story. I think two stories actually are going to come out of this particular event. One is around the subject of the the, U, the lightning cable becoming the USB-C cable mm -hmm. and all those lightning cables you have going straight to landfill. And ironically, they will then tell the story about making the cases and the materials that they use to make the cases and the watch bands and all of that more eco-friendly, which, like I say, is a little bit ironic, considering we've just had to designate an entire box of cables to the bin. Uh, but that's where we're at, it seems. And uh, I think that's the two stories you're going to hear. I think you'll hear about sustainable 
bans. The, the idea of leather bans will probably be stopped. Leather cases for your phone. There's talk of a new fabric woven case instead, uh, which will be more environmentally friendly. And on top of that, of course, the news of the lightning to USB-C. That will apparently stretch across not just the Apple iPhone ecosystem, but also the AirPods Pro lineup as well. Yeah. So there's lots of question marks around what's coming. I don't know if this is the year to upgrade. Uh, a lot of people seem to be keen on downgrading. One sad story out of all of this is that my favorite phone, the Apple iPhone 13 mini, will be discontinued. Oh, no. And that may be the end of the mini line. Yeah. So, you know, for those that like the mini, it's going to be gone. Well, it may, it may be discontinued entirely, and you might be able to pick it up. Uh, you know, pre-loved, as yes, the word may yes. be. Yes, refurbished. Um, yeah, but maybe not brand new. So, yeah, that's where we're at. But I, I'm looking forward. Don't get me wrong. I love an Apple event. It's an excuse to eat pizza and hang out with friends <laughs> and talk about Apple stuff. So that's cool. Whether I'll be buying anything, different story. I eat pizza and drink bush lights with friends uh, for football games, and Steven does it for Apple unveilings. Uh, we live slightly different <laughs> lives. Steven, thank you for this. Have a lovely day, my friend. Thanks, Dave. Have a great day. That's Stephen Scott, one of the hosts of Double Tap. You can find that show, Noon Eastern Time, on AMI-audio. And, of course, you can follow the team on Twitter at Double Tap on Air. Something else you can do is lend AMI a hand. This fall, AMI is launching AMI+. Plus. It's a new website where you can stream AMI original content. You are being invited for a special sneak peek of the beta site. As an early user, you can test and develop new features and functionality. You can also help improve the site before it launches to the public. Think about things like finding some bugs, playback, navigation, your overall impression, or most importantly, accessibility. Visit the public beta at amiplus.ca, amiplus.ca, and it's not a plus mark, it's plus.ca, amiplus.ca. You share your thoughts or you can submit more feedback via email form digital at ami.ca, digital at ami.ca. Coming up after the break, Mike Ross has questions about wasps. This is now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Nazreen Abdel-Majid and Ramya Amuthan are standing by... Mike Ross, you posted an awesome picture on social media yesterday of a wasp trap in your backyard. Yeah, I have three wasp traps in my backyard, and it's been pretty incredible. Most of the summer, they've been very inactive. There have been no wasps in our backyard, really, until the last week or so when the temperatures started to soar. And this is typically the time of year when nests start to break down, the, um, uh, the, the, the sugar content in the nests starts to dwindle. So they make their way out of the nest to try and find more sugary sweet treats. And that's where these wasp traps come into play. You bait them, in our case, with fruit juice, and they are made of hard plastic. 
They are made to resemble uh, a wasp nest and they hang wherever you you place them on a hook somewhere and they they have all kinds of different sized holes they have these little tiny mini holes where the wasp can smell that delicious fruit juice or whatever you put in the uh, trap and then they have these slightly larger cone-shaped holes that actually go into the trap and that's where they enter the trap and most of them can't get back out so they're mm-hmm. in there they're stuck and uh, and that's it um now i've caught in in putting them up and baiting them finally last week for the first time this year i've caught about 150 wasps oh, between the three oh. uh, traps in the last week or, or, or sort of five or six days that uh, video that you talked about that i put up on social media yesterday um, got a bunch of different responses and I'd say about 99 out of a hundred, uh, were comments like, Hey, where'd you get those? Hey, that's amazing. Wow. That really works well. But there was one comment from someone who said, Oh, don't kill wasps. They're great pollinators mm-hmm. and they kill, they kill, um, I think they said aphids. Um, and I just thought, you know, okay, I don't want to feel guilty about killing anything, but I also need a livable space, which is my backyard. I pay yes. the taxes. Yes. Uh, I pay the mortgage. It's my space. And um, for the you know a span of about two weeks where I'm going to kill wasps, I'm not going to feel bad about it. Yeah. I don't think I should feel bad about I, it. I have not been stung by a wasp since I was five-ish years old. And I'd like to keep it that way at the rate that I'm going because I remember it being uh, deeply uncomfortable. Although I'm, I'm a softie. I'm a softie. Uh, Nazreen Abdelmajid, would you feel guilty about trapping wasps in your backyard? I would not. I feel the same way, Mike. Um, We have this bee problem in the backyard and we haven't been able to sit down and enjoy a good barbecue because every time we have like a drink out or our food yesterday, we had a barbecue and I was struggling. I was just standing up, walking around because a bee was kept following me. And we just have a major bee problem, especially this summer. So my dad put up bee traps and I know a bunch of people would be saying like, no, don't do that. It's not good. Blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, Mike, I agree with you. We haven't been able to sit down and enjoy a good summer because of this problem. Um, Every time we have food out, we have to put it back inside the house because it's it, it would just be swarming with bees um so no i i shouldn't feel guilty and i don't think you should feel guilty either mike Nazreen, i imagine a, a bee in the hijab is probably not a super pleasant experience either no 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 it's not <laughs> you could picture it <laughs> <laughs> uh ramia what about you well, let's let's say you're out there on the balcony at your apartment there's a couple wasps popping up you're gonna hang one of these traps yeah, of course I am. I mean, if it's not a trap, then it's the bees and wasps in our um, drinks and our beer cans and our prop cans. I have four friends in the last two weeks who've gotten stung by a wasp or a bee on their lip. I'm talking about like blind, low vision people because they were having a an oh, open no. can of a sugary drink and gotten stung out, like on their lips. And I'm thinking this ratio is insane. Like yeah. I either I'm not yeah. going to go out and have sugary treats out in the open or uh, somebody has got to do something about these wasps and bees. And I don't know. I know that I've been hearing a lot of like this time of year, you know, that it's normal and the bees are out, the wasps are out. Cool. But for some reason, 2023 summer, this is all we're hearing about. And on top of that, we're hearing about the 
bee explosion out of the crate uh, a couple of weeks ago. You know, it the just truck, the truck everywhere. rollover, the yeah. truck rollover. The bee yeah. community is still very mad about the way I interviewed that swarm of bees. By the way, <laughs> yeah, it was a really. I thought it was a well conducted yeah, interview, I, but I, anyway, the the press person wouldn't let me talk to the queen. I just got the whole horde. I know, I know, and the queens are dying again. Like it's it's understandable they're pollinators we don't want to kill them but wasps especially i'm good i'm not really sure what they're providing for us other than that they're making me very antsy to be around uh outside and having my free ice cream or whatever okay <laughs> okay let's uh, wrap this up on a little bit of maybe a, a fun note because i do feel bad for us all advocating for the death of wasps but that's that's <laughs> that's the way that's the way it goes sometimes uh nazreen if you were going to drown to death in any form of fruit juice what would it be Ooh, um maybe fruitopia Oh, like <laughs> not even going juice. <laughs> going like soda adjacent. Nazarene, aggressive take. I like that one. Uh, Ramya, what about you? If you were going to drown to death in a fruit juice, what would it be? Uh, I would go for like orange juice or something, okay, you know, orange. sugary, but still yeah. healthy and nice color, you know, like the freshly squeezed stuff. Yeah, I'm a little concerned about the acidity, but I think if I was going to go, I think a nice big uh, Dave Brown trap of apple juice would be all right. Mike, what about you? It would be Welch's grape juice, red or white. Also, ex excellent taste across, yeah. the, across the round table here. A juice buffet, if you will. Mike, this was a very juicy topic. Thank you for bringing it to the table. Happy to sting you all with it. Thank you. <laughs> Nazreen, thank you for taking a bite out of this topic. Ramya, you don't get to fly away just yet. You have to tell me what's coming up on Kelly and Ramya today at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Yeah, well, we're all talking about Access Tech Live because we want to know how the guys are doing in preparation. Their uh, first episode's going live on TV. So we're talking this more Thursday. about it with Marco Flalo. This Thursday, yes. noon Eastern time, Flalo exactly. and Steven Scott. I've been watching the rehearsals. I was going to say, anyone who's been in studio or in person at the office, we've been paying attention to the rehearsals. So, yeah, we want to know more. Uh, Marco Flalo is going to join us now. I'm sure we'll get them on later in the uh, week as well, maybe on the roundtable to talk more about it. But that's one thing on the list. Also, new Department of Transportation rules have uh, made flying more difficult and more inaccessible to blind passengers. This is an opinion that Devin Wilkins is going to share when she joins us on our Guide Dog and Service Animal Report. Also, we're talking about terrorism on Know Your Rights because, of course, we're marking the anniversary of 9-11 today. Uh, so what is it? Can law be an effective way to pre prevent further attacks. She's going to talk more about it on Know Your Rights. I can think of a myriad of ways a conversation about September 11th could lead to a robust conversation about civil rights. No doubt about that one. Ramya, you have yourself a lovely day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Talk to you tomorrow. That's Ramya. I'm within the co-host of Kelly and Ramya. Coming your way, 2 p.m. Eastern time on AMI-audio and AMI-tv. Coming up after the break, there's a whole bunch of good Canadian comedy out there. The Junos had their list for 2023, and Nick Thielen, who's a professional comedian, will offer up some reviews. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv.
Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Canada has a phenomenal stand-up comedy scene. Some of the country's top comedians were in contention for the 2023 Juno Award for Comedy Album of the Year. Nick Thielen can offer up some reviews on a few of those contenders and albums. Hey, good morning, Nick. Good morning, Dave. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Looking forward to uh, talking about the things that make us laugh. The 2023 Junos have come and gone, but they can have a lasting impact even after the awards are handed out. How important is a recognition like Comedy Album of the Year? Well, it's huge. And something I just wanted to mention briefly is that uh, the Juno Award for Comedy was established in 1979, but only brought back a few years ago in 2018. And um, it's really been huge for a lot of comics, uh, especially in Canada, because a lot of those comics have gone on to be on late night shows in the U.S. and and had great success. Not that they weren't successful before, but uh, the Juno Award is generally considered the Canadian Oscars. So it's uh, it's definitely a, a great accomplishment for any comic that is uh, you know want to like stand out and and like any uh, musical category, it's really there's a lot of uh, people that apply for it, so you're really getting the best of the cream of the crop when you look at uh, when you look at the nominees. Yeah, Nick. Before you offer up some reviews here, a few of the top contenders. What do you think is different about making a comedy album versus, say, a, a special that might end up on a streaming service? Well, of course, you got. Um, I think really when when you record a comedy album, you're essentially capturing. Obviously, the voice is really important, and the style really comes across. But you capture the uh, the audio and the the sort of the atmosphere that's in the room at that particular time. And uh, I know that in some cases, uh, people like some of the comics are, are, are recording um, very 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 personal stories, and and so sometimes people you know react just generally how their bodies react, like they might be a little shocked or taken aback at first, but then you get you know the the giant kind of natural pops of laughter when you record uh, live. So uh, that's why when when I um, I plan to record my first comedy album and uh, and special later on this year, and that's why I really want to focus on having not only uh, a great visual component, but the audio component is really important to me as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the big winner of the Juno this year was John Dore. Pretty famous uh, Canadian comedian, used to have a great sketch comedy show. The album was called A Person Who Is Gingerbread. What did you think of the album? Yes. I thought it was fantastic, especially like uh, with John Doerr, his his comedy is very intellectually funny. Uh, It's really cleverly written. Um, And he's also got some great uh, musical uh, performances in there where he's just acoustic with a guitar. Um, and as well, uh, there's a great uh, stand-up special that he just released uh, called Human Woman, released about 11 uh, months ago. Uh, so that's on you. Anyone would like to check that out. John Doerr is definitely an amazing uh, Canadian talent who now uh, lives in Alaska with his wife. But um, yeah, I think that's the point of of the Juno Award is to let people know that great talent like John Doerr uh, exists for those people that don't know about it yet. And yeah. that's really the the beauty of the Juno Award is for 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 people for fans of comedy that don't really know about the maybe the comics that are not let as well known. It's a good chance to get to know and hear comics that you you know might not know about yet and become a new fan of. 
Sabrina Douglas picked up a nomination for Things Black Girls Say. What did you enjoy about this album? I, I love this album, uh, like you mentioned. Uh, so she is a Black woman who also is a, uh, a nurse and uh, a mother of five. And uh, so a lot of uh, cultural uh, references and uh, a lot of things that I think we can relate to, especially some of the, like a lot of these albums, they all uh, talked about their experiences during COVID and uh, hers were no different, but especially from the perspective of a, of a frontline worker uh, were great. Um, really, really great uh, comedy in there. And I, I highly recommend uh, listening to it. It's really a great balance between being a, a registered nurse a uh, and, you know, like a highly talented uh, Canadian comic. Uh, re really pleased that she was nominated. Um, so so yeah, I, I really really enjoyed her album, and uh, it it was uh, re really really great to listen to. I, I highly recommend that uh, you check that out. That's uh, uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish finish your thought, Nick. I was gonna say that Sabrina Douglas is uh, is one of those comics that uh, was in was on uh, Kenny Robinson's uh, shows, and and Kenny Robinson is kind of uh, another comedian he's known as kind of the godfather of canadian comedy comedy that produces uh what's called the nubian show in toronto and so that's kind of how she started and was discovered and since then uh her uh her her rise and her able her ability to mix the uh the what she's gone through as as a registered nurse and as a mother really i think helps her connect to a variety of audiences and and really we can all you know relate to that I think yeah there's really something about getting to hear stories from people who work in the front lines with the public because uh people are jerks and uh it's fun <laughs> to hear people uh share their interactions uh Jackie yeah. Jackie Pirico got a nomination for their album Splash Pad what are your thoughts on Splash Pad I like this is why I loved reviewing these uh these albums again, because Jackie Pirico is not someone that I'd heard of before. This is her second album and uh, really enjoyed this. She has a a very unique voice and high energy um, and really enjoyed her perspective. Uh, she, you know, a lot, of, a lot of women sometimes talk about, you know, sort of relationships or, or sex and those kind of things. And what I enjoyed is she talked about things like donating blood or, you know, again, like going to the water park in the summer and obviously talked about her experiences during uh, COVID, but also mentions like the fact that, you know, usually for women in comedy, uh, there's not, there's not as many women in comedy as there are men. So the, the idea that, you know, she's uh, craft, she's made her way there and, and got a very unique voice and kind of uh and, and uses sort of the um under maybe the underestimated uh you know I'm a woman in comedy and, and uh you know but again like she's she's very talented um and I, I really really enjoyed this album like I just thought that uh the way the way she uh kind of unexpected punchlines at first you're not really sure where it's gonna go but then all of a sudden there's just a big, you know, like a big pop, like you, she sort of leads you one way and then, and then goes an unexpected turn, which I really loved about her album. So. 
Nick, this next comedian is someone who spent some time talking to me earlier this year ahead of the All Access Comedy Show in Halifax. It's Courtney Gilmore. Uh, her album, Let Me Hold Your Baby, picked up a nomination. What jumped out to you about Courtney Gilmore? Yeah, like you said, uh, I, I actually listened to your interview uh, with her when I, and I uh, was listening to this album and I loved it, especially for, for myself as a as a comedian with a disability and her as a as an amputee, uh, it was not only does she have uh, great personal experiences of her triumphs, uh, you know, kind of overcoming those obstacles, but uh, she also talks about um, a great story about her uh, celebrity lookalikes. Uh, and I just thought, like, uh, if if you're not familiar with Courtney Gilmore, everyone should check out her uh, recent uh, appearances on on uh, Canada's Got Talent. There's uh, she was a a finalist in Canada's Got Talent, so I definitely recommend for anyone that has not seen her comedy to check that out. Um, very pleased that she was nominated and and highly highly deserving of that. Nick, that's you giving a lot of love to other comedians. Before I say goodbye to you, you've got about a minute left here. You're a comedian yourself. What's coming up for you right now? What's coming down the pipeline? Well, for me, I'm going to be uh, on the 16th. I'll be doing a little show in a, in a town called Coronation here in Alberta. And then I got a show in Edmonton on the 26th. And uh, again, preparing for uh, for the comedy uh, for the uh, for the comedy recording. And so it's a lot of things happening for me. I'm uh, I'm very excited for what the future holds, and again, I, I'm very pleased to be able to uh, to bring light to comedy uh, for for a lot of a lot of the listeners. So I hope they enjoy listening to these albums, and uh, and I, I look forward to uh, to bringing uh, lots of content coming in the next in uh, the coming months. Nick, you told me this last time. I've already forgotten because I eat too many carbohydrates and it clouds my brain. What's the point of contact to follow along with your tour dates? Uh, I've got a website. It's www.niek.ca. Nick, you are the man. Thank you for this. Have a great day. Thanks very much. I look forward to seeing you next time. That's Nick Thielen, a comedian based in Alberta, telling you all about some of the nominees for the 2023 Juno Award for Comedy Album of the Year. There was one we didn't quite get to. Matt writes here live, not a cat. So you can take a peek for that one as well. Coming up on the show tomorrow, Lawrence Gunther is going to talk about artificial light pollution and its impact on the environment and maybe your experience on the environment as well. As someone who does enjoy the occasional gazing at stars, it's pretty notable when uh, the light interferes with that experience. There's also going to be another edition of the News Quiz. I actually have no idea who's being put to the test tomorrow. So that'll be a mystery for all of us to find out in real time when the show begins at 9 a.m. Eastern time. Until then, I'm Dave Brown reminding you to play safe, play fair, but don't forget to have some fun. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on AMI-tv.
The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.